You're a nigga though. I like your style, son. Thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics from music, politics, relationships, to issues that affect our black community. A very entertaining podcast. You won't be disappointed. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast. A podcast where the discussion will rock your soul. It's uncensored and no topic is off limits. Subject matters may be provocative and just downright offensive, but shit, at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to tell it like it is. Baby, welcome to Soul for Thoughts. I'm going to give you my opinion, my thoughts, my soul on this conversation. Every topic touches the soul. Baby, welcome to Soul for Thoughts. I'm going to give you my opinion, my thoughts, my soul on this conversation. Every topic touches the soul. <laughs> Slick Nation This is episode 18 And I'm your host Slick P I apologize for the delay But guess what I'm here now And we're going to get into These over thoughts I hope everyone's week has been splendid We are approaching the end of the month Which means The end of Black History Month But don't let the end of February Stop you from continuing in acknowledging black excellence. It's a lifestyle. It's who we are. It's fight night weekend. Heavyweight boxing match between Deontay Brown's Bomber Wilder and Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder made headlines before the last fight when he went off on a reporter calling him Radio Raheem. Wilder made a statement saying, black people in America had been fighting for 400 years. A black reporter responded by asking Wilder what did he mean by his statement that black people in America have been fighting for 400 years. <laughs> Wilder went in. Wilder said, how dare you? You know what I'm talking about. You know we've been fighting and we still fighting till this day. Till this day. Till this day. <laughs> That statement sent chills through my body. I could feel the hurt and pain in those words. This would be the rematch. The first fight ended in the draw. Tyson was outboxing Wilder, but Wilder put his ass on the canvas a few times. The last knockdown should have been a knockout, but that's my opinion. The referee started to count too late. Hopefully Wilder can... Um, make the bout clear cut this time by knocking him out quick and early like he did with his rematch against Ortiz. Last weekend, we went to see the movie The Photograph starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. It was a really good movie and if you haven't seen it then I definitely suggest you go check it out. There was a scene in the movie where Issa Rae character May where her mother, Christina, leaves her boyfriend, Isaac, to go to New York in pursuit of a photography career. Isaac loved Christina with everything he had. 
treated her right, and even wanted to marry her, but she wasn't ready at the time. So one evening, Isaac goes over to Christina house and she asked him, do you want more out of life? He replied with no. I know I want you and want to marry you. But Christina wasn't ready for marriage and she wanted so much more than being a housewife. So she left for New York without telling anyone. And by the time she returned home a few months later for her mother's funeral, Isaac had moved on and got married. And that was a decision that she would later have some regrets about. But Isaac tells May later in the movie that he doesn't blame Christina for leaving. Many people go through this dilemma. I remember talking to a friend who went through a similar situation. Y'all know I always have a story. <laughs> I'm always conversing with people about things. You never know what a person deals with until you start talking with them. I think having a conversation with someone you can trust is very valuable. But like I said, my friend went through something similar when he was probably 20. He was going with this girl and he had nothing but love for her. They were friends in high school first, so the relationship was built on a, on a good foundation. They were young and still trying to find their place in the world, but for the most part, the relationship was good. But the relationship took a, a shift when he called himself wanting to trout, living the street life. The time and attention he used to give her, he was not giving it to the streets. I'm sure she felt some type of way, but also he thought that other people around her was getting into her head. He guessed that had convinced her that he didn't want more out of life than just hanging in the hood. Remind you, he was 19 or 20 years old and still in the process of going to college. A young boy who was still trying to figure out life. But the relationship ended and years later he found out the reason was because basically she wanted more and she didn't think he wanted more out of life. He wasn't ass like Isaac. It was assumed that he didn't want more. Did he want more? Mm, from the conversations we had and knowing him, I'm sure he did. The route he took wasn't ideal, but he definitely wanted more out of life. I don't believe there was any regrets in their situation, and he definitely didn't blame her for moving on, especially if she didn't see her future with him. The situation worked out, I guess, for both of them. But many people go through this dilemma to choose love or to choose a career. I don't think it's a right or wrong choice. You just have to do what's best for you and do what makes you happy. Oftentimes, successful people who choose their career over having a family later regrets the decision. They hate not having someone there to love them, hate not being able to come home to someone, having that lifelong companion. But then there are people who chose family, love, regret not going out the opportunity to better themselves. Even though they claim that family is more important, they live regrets, having resentment, wishing deep down that they would have chosen to pursue their career. They would never be truly happy. Some of y'all might ask why they can't have both. If it works out that way, then cool. You're blessed, but it don't always work out that way. There has to be some type of sacrifice. I just got finished reading my seven book of the 50 book challenge. 
And the name of the book is called Unfuck Yourself. Get Out Your Head and Into Your Life by Gary John Bishop. Basically, this book is a guide on how to deal with everyday obstacles each of us face. Whether it be divorce, weight loss, job opportunities, failure, or whatever obstacle you may face. He teaches you to take accountability, to be relentless, to never take failure to heart. He offers seven assertions that were really great. But the one point that stood out to me was about expectations. And it had me thinking, is it good to have expectations? We place expectations on so much. We have in our minds already how things should go, mainly based off others' opinions, what we saw, and rarely off our own experiences. We have in our minds how relationships, marriages should go, how our spouses should be. We place expectations on movies, music, basically everything. So, when those things don't meet our expectations, what happens? We become disappointed, discouraged, sad. We might even start to feel like a failure. So, if expectations can possibly lead to disappointment, then why set them to begin with? Why not just go with the flow and whatever happens, happens? I think by not placing expectation on things that will allow us to enjoy things better, enjoy the moment, we'll be living more free and not bound to expectations. Another thing that had my mind going this week was what I call artificial happiness. Basically, people creating their own so-called happiness based off what we see others have or someone that tries to outdo or be better than someone. I don't mean someone that is competitive or just want, want to be the best. I mean those people who find satisfaction in being superior to someone. If their friends get a new car, they try to go outdo them. Friends get a new house, they try and go get a bigger house. A friend is proud of their job or their relationship, they try to make that situation seem much better. Just things like that. The envy that is disguised as desire. And I think this is caused from people being unhappy and losing themselves that they don't know how to make themselves happy. So they adopt what makes someone else happy. I hope I'm not losing y'all. <laughs> I get these thoughts in my head and they just run wild. What makes perfect sense in my head sometimes doesn't translate that way outside my head. These people see someone else happy with their job, career, their relationship, and the material things, so they want them for themselves because they believe that too will eventually make them feel happy. That desire to want those things are really envy. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But this is my observation. And once they achieve their goal, they didn't realize they still not happy. So now, so now they're looking for something else. This is a never-ending cycle until they find that natural happiness. Until they find what truly makes them happy regardless of somebody else, 
I think a lot of people suffer from that artificial happiness if they are truly honest with themselves. This week's topic deals with eternal battles, things we fight against ourselves with. These are sometimes the most difficult battles because they are constant and ongoing. There is never really a real winner because you are your own opponent. They say an eternal battle is when you have two coexistent but conflicting wants or desires. It's like a battle between the heart and the mind. A misunderstanding of your needs. These conflicts could be over religion, relationships, job opportunities, our self-image, moral beliefs, or it could be about social issues. And these eternal battles sometimes stem from what we was taught versus what we now have learned and believe. I think the top eternal conflict we face deals with religion. From a child, we were given religion. We were born into it. Depending on your family's faith, that's what you was raised to be. Whether it was Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, or Buddhism. But as you grow and begin to learn things on your own, sometimes those beliefs that were still in you as a child conflicts with what you have learned to believe on your own. The things taught in those religions don't seem to add up. Like I told y'all, me wanting to know more led me back to reading. I was brought up in the Baptist church, went to Bible study, Sunday school, Sunday morning worship, even went to vacation Bible school in the summer. Like, it was instilled in me heavily, but still, there was a disconnect for me. It seemed like something was missing. Stuff just didn't add up for me. So some years back, I began to study different religions. Went back to see what our ancestors believed in before getting put into slavery. I read up on some spiritual books and began to learn more about self. The more I got into those subjects, I began to feel connected. Like a sense of purpose was starting to grow inside me. Something I didn't get from religion. I still believe in God or higher power, but I also understand that I'm God in my life. I have a higher self and that I'm connected to a higher power. Even though you learn something new and different, it's natural to still have some of your old teachings in you. And that's where those internal conflicts start to take place. You start to doubt what's right and what's wrong. You know you don't want to go to hell, but you also understand here was an allegory. You want to celebrate Christmas and Easter because you enjoyed those holidays as a child, but now you know that they are pagan holidays. Like I said, this probably will be a never-ending battle. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know nothing. My suggestion is just find peace and live life accordingly. Then you have the love conflict. This could be with a lover, friends, or with your kids. 
we love our kids and we want the best for them. But we all know sometimes you have to chastise your kids and that can be difficult. We don't want to see them hurt or hurting. And if you spank them, then you would be the cause of that temporary hurt. So now you stuck with a conflict. Do you spank them or punish them to instill discipline and obedience? Or do you let them keep doing whatever because you don't want to see them hurting, especially if it's because of you? If you're anything like my parents, you don't give a damn. You don't give a damn about seeing them hurt if it means putting them on the right path. I don't think this was a conflict for my parents. They didn't mind whooping our ass. <laughs> but to that defense, I did give them every reason to. But love conflict also deals with relationships. I talked to someone recently and they were struggling with those. They are single and have been for a minute. Somebody in their past was toxic and just no good for them. But now, after some time has passed, they are reconsidering getting back with this person and they know this person isn't good for them. When you've been single for too long, some people start to get lonely, desperate for that companion. They have needs and those needs need to be met. So these emotions start to play on your psyche. You start to convince yourself that a bad situation from the past might have not been so bad after all. But in reality, the situation is just as bad, if not worse. So now you are torn. You know this person isn't the best for you, but you need somebody and they are available and convenient. I think the reason for these conflicts is because we haven't detached ourselves from these people or situations. Even though y'all not together, a part of you is still hanging on to them. Maybe you still have feelings deep down. Maybe you haven't got over the bad breakup or whatever the reason. There is something that's keeping you attached to them so these conflicts are created. My advice Detach yourself from all past relationships that doesn't benefit you and heal before moving on. Because what's going to happen is every time you get down or lonely, you're just going to repeat this cycle. Moral conflict. Moral conflict is another internal battle people face. Moral conflict is when we have contradictory beliefs about ethnical behavior. The best example I can think of is the street code no snitching. Snitches get stitches. No snitching means you don't cooperate or give any information to the police to help solve a crime. Let's say you see a murder take place and the killer is on the run. Nobody knows who the killer is but you. You see the family and police officer pleading for anybody to come forth with any information that could lead to help solve this crime. You know who did it. And you know you should say something, but you also live by that street code of no snitching. So now you're in a moral conflict. What do you do? If you don't live by this code, then this isn't the best example for you. You might see someone cheating on a friend. You know you should say something, but 
you don't want to get involved or you don't want to be the reason they break up, even though the cheater is the reason they broke up. Now you stuck with the dilemma, should you say something or not? That's a moral conflict. Another battle is the sexual conflict. Sexual conflict tends to occur when people hold an opposing desire and belief about sexuality. This could be someone who wants to have sex before marriage, but due to their religious belief, they believe it's a sin. Or someone who wants more than just one person, but society, inherit morals, or religion teaches us that we should just have one person. Monogamous is moral, and polygamy is immoral. But the most common conflict in today's time is the sexual conflict that deals with liking the same sex or wanting to be a different sex. Before it was taboo, and people live their lives with this conflict, wanting to date the same sex, but knowing it was frowned upon in your family, community, it went against religious belief, so you made yourself like the opposite sex. You forced yourself to like somebody else. Or a person who was born a man but feels like they should have been a girl. Regardless of how you feel on these issues, these are conflicts people go through daily. The last eternal battle I want to discuss is the self-image conflict. Self-image conflict occurs when we behave in a way that is out of accord with who we believe ourselves to be. You may hear somebody say, I got an image to uphold. The image they portray isn't who they really are. Some people want the public to believe that there's this nice, sincere, upstanding person. But in reality, they're the totally opposite. I remember Mike Epps having a stand-up comment and he said, that nigga ain't like that. <laughs> they're conflicted with being who they are versus who other people want them to be. They try their best to live up to their standard, but just can't because it's not them. I don't know about y'all, but I think of some pastors and church folks when I hear those. Not all, but a lot of them just put on for other people. I've seen it firsthand. Our self-image conflict can be strictly physical. We don't like the way we look. That's why there's so much cosmetic surgery being done. They want their butt bigger, boobs bigger or smaller. They want their stomachs flatter, buying wigs, applying tons of makeup, men using that little black paint to paint bald spots in their beards. <laughs> Self-image conflict deals with people being self-conscious about how they look. Not many people embrace their flaws. I believe to overcome internal battles, we must make a choice one way or the other and have peace with our decision. We have to have a clear view on who we are, what we want, what we need, and prioritize those things. The most important thing is to know who you truly are and making yourself happy. From doing this episode, I see religion plays a major part in our internal battles. Maybe we should reevaluate our stance on religion. Not saying that you don't believe in God or higher power, just the middleman. Maybe religion ain't for you. Mm -hmm.
This week's album of the week comes from Royce 59. Royce released his newest album yesterday, and it's called Allegory. Royce's last album, Book of Ryan, was a masterpiece, and he followed that up with another masterpiece with this album. The intro with Derrick Gray sets the tone for the whole album. It talks about breaking generation curses, being self-educated, knowing self, and just becoming better as people. Royce produced every track on the album, and the production is great, by the way. My favorite track production-wise is Overcomer with Westside Gun. This track switches up in the middle to a soulful sample that just makes you want to vibe. The content on the album is good, but the bars are even better. Not too many can touch Royce's pen game. Allegory is a very dope album, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. I had a good time as usual. I hope you enjoyed the show as well. Don't forget to tell your family and friends to subscribe to Soul for Thoughts Podcast and download each episode. And remember to look right or underneath this episode. If you see an arrow, plus sign, or a cloud, then tap it and download this episode. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Soul for Thoughts Podcast. And until next time, keep those thoughts soulful.